December the 18th, and, it, and they had 500 food boxes that was delivered to the families, and there were 300 bags, gift bags that was uh, given to the children that was there at the Bahamas. Uh, I do have pictures. They had sent me this morning, and I think in praise God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. For, for being a blessing to someone that who has nothing. Amen. And you, when you see the children, you'll see they are so excited. We partnered in with um, Hearts of Hands uh, from Asheville, North Carolina, and we were able to, to connect with a, um, a private uh, citizen and a ministry that was in Florida that flew it over to the Bahamas. Uh, they even have a picture of the airplane that it went over on. And so we're excited that the Lord made a connection in order for those things to get there to the people of Bahamas. And I can imagine those children, even though we know that December 25th has nothing to do with Jesus, that's man-made, we know that. But we still want to be a blessing to others that's less fortunate, that had experienced a disaster in their life. And so the children, they were school kids uh, you'll see that I think the teacher made a, a, a comment. Uh, they had it on the news, and I didn't get to view all of it, but I was trying to send it to different people that had made donations uh, to the people there in Bahamas so they would know that their efforts and all that they're laboring, it was not in vain. So we are thankful for partners around the world, amen, to make things happen for other people. So we were very excited about that. So please, ma'am, and please, sir, do not uh, forget to look at my, my cell phone, and you'll be able to <clears throat> see the pictures of, of the, the uh, aid that was submitted or given to them. I also want to acknowledge uh, Brother Carl and Sister um, Joan won't be here this morning. Brother Carl got a call yesterday afternoon, and he had to work today. The driver called in sick. And so he thought he was going to be able to make it, and they was going to try to get the load and then come here and then go back, but that didn't work out. So he texted me this morning and said he wouldn't be able to be here at all. And uh, we just hate, hate that. But <clears throat> And uh, Minister uh, Hill is on the road. He may be home after Christmas uh, rather than Christmas. So I don't have no idea when he's going to get here. He said that it would probably be after Christmas before he would be able to get home. So we're just praying for them and lifting them up. And uh, we're just thanking praise God for, for uh, those that could not be here, but yet their heart was here. Amen. Their hearts was here. Let me see if they're about ready. Keep on playing. Okay, we're just waiting on them coming, but we're, we're excited. We like to say also to the online community, um, we thank you for your listening ears for, the, for this year. We are uh, glad that you are able to receive the word um, as we have uh, been given to the word to the people here locally as well. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for, for responding. We've had some uh, response from the people that's online that has been listening to the word. And one of them is, is Brother Norris's sister. Amen. Uh, she said, say thank you to all of you that's uh, being able or making it possible to, for them to be able to, to get the word. Um, she's in a wheelchair. Am I correct? 
She's in a wheelchair, so she gets the word live now every Sunday, and she was very thankful and grateful. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for technology. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to get ready for the word of God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Testing one, two, three. Morning, church. Amen. Another beautiful day in the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Brenda. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, here we are, standing before you, Father God, with listening ears and an open heart. Father, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that I must decrease. Let us all decrease while you increase in us. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise on this beautiful day. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. Let it say amen once again, please. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to the book of um, Genesis. We're going to be in the sixth chapter. We're going to move around a little today. I'm glad we got the scriptures up on the screen today. Hopefully everything is working out. <coughs> we have a wonderful and powerful word from God today, so I pray that y'all will allow yourselves to have open ears to what's going on and view this in the spirit realm and not in the natural, if at all possible. Our title today is Finding Grace. How many of y'all need grace in your life? How many of us need to understand that we need not more grace in our lives because it's already there, but we just need to be able to understand more about grace. Finding grace. What a wonderful thing to have in this life. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. We'll get back to that word daughters in the second verse. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were that they were fair, meaning they were beautiful. And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, please don't do that. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive. With men. For that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Amen? Amen? Verse 4 says, And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they were, they bear children to them, and the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. 
And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But look at verse 8. But Noah, the Bible says, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody say, but God is the only one that can give us grace. But Noah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of all that was going on, there's always someone who's going to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. The word Noah here means rest for your soul. Amen? How many of y'all want rest for your souls? Now we're going to go spiritual on this thing today as we always do. So I ask that you pay close attention for God knows without the spiritual revelations of this grace and its sufficiency will not be found because we need it. It, it, it was at a time, he says, that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, verse 1 says, and the daughters were born unto them that the sons of God, the angels, that's one theological version of it, and that's the version we'll go with today, they saw that the daughters, which is the personification of men, that they were fair, that they were beautiful. And they took them wives of all which they chose. Church, let me tell you something. Be careful what you're looking at. You see, these angels of God, these sons of God, they saw. That the personification of man, the daughters, were beautiful. And when you begin to see something, it begins to stir up your imagination. Come on with me, y'all. And your imagination, coupled with a free will, will get us in a whole lot of trouble every time. It does it to me. It does it to you. This is a church where we preach the truth. And the truth is that we've all sinned and are short of the glory of God. All of us. That's the real truth. So you see, self-righteousness has no place in here. No place. Because it destroys what we're trying to communicate in here. Only a fool will come up in here as if they're all that. Knowing that we're all filthy rags. That's what God says we are. And it's, all, it's only by the blood of Jesus 
But I don't know why we think that we got it all going on, because we don't. It says now, these angels, which are more powerful than we are, but they stirred up their imagination because they looked in the wrong way at something, and it began to stir them up inside their imagination. And they saw that the daughters of men, the daughters of men, that word daughters mean the personification of And When you look at the personification of something, it means the abstract nature and characteristics of something. You see, she was in human form like men, right? But she was abstract to him. She looked different. She wasn't quite the same. And it baffled the angels. They, they, they began to desire them. And they began to copulate with them, which is a very dangerous thing to do. Anytime you mix the spirit with the flesh, you're going to create a giant monster. I'm going to say it again. Anytime you mix the spirit with the flesh, you will create a giant in your life. It's called a stronghold. It says here that in verse 3 that the Lord said, my spirit is not going to always strive with man for that he is also flesh. You get them two things together. A monster will be produced. Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days. Look at that. They were already here. And even after it says that these angels did what they did, there were giants before, and there were giants during. And there were giants after. It was perpetuated. Amen? Y'all know what perpetuation means. It means continually. <coughs> says here that there were giants in the earth in those days, verse 4. And also after that, when the sons of God, the angels, came in unto the daughters of men, the personification of men, and they bare children, offspring, to them. The same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Now you look out today. Now this thing is still here. This thing is still here that they're talking about. And when you look out today in the world and you say, wow, how has this person like Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, bless his soul. How do they do what they do? See, these are part of that mixing in. And you see, after a while, as Minister Vernon would say, after a while, after a few generations of this, those angelic beings mixing in with women they'll cause their offsprings to look just like everybody else. 
So we've got these great renowned men out here now that everybody loves. But they are really different from us. They're not like us. And that's why they don't think like us. They think on a different level than us. They are able to produce things that nobody else can do. Because they're part of something that we don't even know anything about. And we don't understand. All we do is use their technology. But where do you think the technology comes from? Technology came from those people, those angels, those 200 chief angels that came down, sat on that mountain, and taught men and women how to do certain things that they shouldn't be doing. Taught them technology, taught them how to war, taught them all kinds of things. Even taught the women how to get in a mirror and look pretty. Those demonic forces taught a lot of things that we call God. But is it God? Is it really God that's given this knowledge? We need to think about it. We really do need to think about the things. Go to the book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. The 11th chapter. Verses 8 through 11. Are we there? Can I get that on the screen, minister? Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Can I get it on the screen? Chapter 11, starting at the 8th verse. Is it possible? Not, I'll read it. Look here. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Next verse. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Next verse. For this cause ought the woman, watch this, for this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the what? Why do you think it said that? Because of what went on back then. Amen? Why do you think that he says that the woman is not of the man, but the man is of the woman? Give me the next verse, please, before we go back to 10. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither woman without the man. Look here, in the Lord. Let me explain this to you, because I don't want nobody to feel left out. You see, a woman is covered by a man of God. Amen? But if that woman does not have a man, she's still covered because God is her husband. That's if she's a Christian. Are you, are you with me? That's why I said in the Lord. You covered either way. But you got to know God. Otherwise, why do you? Why do you think so much wickedness in the world? Because so many women are uncovered. Because they don't know Christ. Because they're not in Christ. And those angels, those forces, those demons are still doing what they're doing. And they look like us because of the generations 
and they're coupling with the women, and they're still bringing up these type people in the world. Go back to Genesis. Genesis 6, 6. But before we go there, I want to go to verse 5 again. I want, I, I want to uh, go through that verse again. And God saw that the wickedness of man was greater in the earth. Yes, it is. It's even greater today, isn't it? Watch this. And the imagination, every imagination of his thoughts and of his heart is only evil continually. Watch this. Proverbs 29, verses 16. Let's see what the Word of God says about it. <coughs> Can you get it? Here's what it says. When wickedness increases, so does transgressions. Amen. Ain't that what it says? That is right there. When the wicked are multiplied, so are the transgressions increased. But the righteousness shall see their fall. The reason why there's so much transgression in the world today, sin against God, is because wickedness has increased. It's worse now than it was then. And if it was bad then to the point where God had repented, that means he, was, he hated him because he made man. He had to repent. To himself and say, Man, I'm sorry that I made him. You ever had to, you ever been sorry for something you did? Can I be real? I know y'all, some of y'all ain't done nothing. Y'all gonna sit there and act like y'all all that. But see, I know you're a liar. And God knows you're a liar too, whether you raise your hand or not. But see, here I am, Lord. I'm trying to find grace. Because I know I've done things that I'm sorry for. Didn't want to do them but was compelled to do it by my own silly self. Now, can I get a witness? See, we keep it real up in here. We don't want nobody up in there lying. We want to keep it real. We can't help each other if we don't keep it real. Can't sit here like stool pigeons and not accept the truth when we all know what we're doing and what we're doing is wrong. Huh? It's a hospital. Whole man don't need no physician. Sick man does. Here I am, Lord. Here the rest of them are too. Ha! <laughs> huh? Put them on display. Put the camera on them. Let them see themselves. Because we can't get no help if we don't admit to the fact of what we're doing when wickedness increases and multiplies. So does the transgressions of God. It says here in verse 6 that it repented him. He hated it. But here's the thing. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said, I'm going to destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Amen. I'm going to not only destroy him, but look what else I'm going to destroy. The bees, they hadn't done nothing. The creeping things, they hadn't done nothing. And the fowls of the eye, they hadn't done nothing. 
For it repented me that I made them. My God, he gonna kill. He kill everything that even the, that the things that hadn't done nothing because of us. Amen. We got a great responsibility, and we can't carry this responsibility unless we allow God to lead us. And I'm gonna tell you. As the, the, the further we go into this, the more difficult it gets. But all I can say, don't give up. Keep going forward. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what mistake, keep going forward. Because crazy people, when you don't do what they want you to do, and you don't satisfy them at that particular time, they're going to talk crazy to you. But you've got to close your ears to that and say, Lord, it's in your hand. It ain't in mine. And it ain't in somebody else's. It's what they think about you either. Can I get an amen? You just got to keep going. Verse 8 says, But Noah, Noah is rest for your soul. Found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now we're going to get into the depths of this. Go to Hebrews 4. Book of Hebrews 4. But Noah, rest for your soul. He's the one that, see, those of us that's going to find grace from God are going to have to find rest for our souls in him. I'm the only one going to find it. You can be in here, and I can be in here every day listening to the word of God. But <laughs> we're going to have to enter in, and we're going to get into that, and God's going to show us some stuff today that we're going to need to do. Amen? Is it all right for God to show us some stuff? That's what we come here for. You didn't come here for me to show you nothing. You come here for the Lord. I ain't nothing. I ain't trying to be nothing. I'm just trying to make it through like everybody else. That's all I'm doing. And I struggle every day just like everybody else. Amen? Amen. So look to Jesus. I always tell y'all, don't look to me because I'll disappoint you. Look to Jesus. Don't be looking to me. I ain't died for you. But I know the one who did uh, what do you say, minister? Yeah, you put that load on me. I got enough on me. Look at Hebrews 4th chapter. Can I get verse 2, brother? <coughs> Word of God said, For unto us was the gospel preached. Amen? But it was also preached unto them too. But the word preached did not profit the thems. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith in them that heard it. See, the two kind of people in the church. Those that hear the word, but they don't mix it with faith. Remember I said you got to take this word and mix it with the anointing? And then you got those that hear the word and they mix it with faith. You got two kinds. Amen. Give me the next verse, brother. For we have, for we which have believed, we're talking about finding grace. For we which have believed, what do we do? We do enter into rest. Now you see that word do. do you remember I always teach y'all that them little words is what will throw you off and cause you not to understand what God is saying. That word do there, it don't mean just do. It means to, you got to work something. You see, in order to enter into rest, you're going to have to do some work. Now, I know that the 
The words say that we don't get in by our work, but the Bible also says without, without faith or without works, faith is dead. If you show me a man faith, I'm going to show you his works. There's going to be a production that comes from your faith. You're going to produce something. Can't help it. If it's mixed, if the word of God is mixed with faith in God's time, because he makes all things beautiful in his time, including us with our ugly selves. He makes all things beautiful, but it's in his time. It ain't in your time. It ain't in my time. It's in God's time. That's why I said we got to run this race with patience. Didn't he say that? Watch this. He said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I just want you to see that first part there. For we which have believed do enter into rest. That word rest there means to do something. You got to work this thing in yourselves. You got to work it. You got to work it. Somebody say you got to work this thing. Because you do. Now, look at Psalms 91 verses 1. This is talking about resting. Psalms 91 verse 1. And we're getting close to cleaning all this up. Psalms 91 verses 1. Amen? Are you with me? <coughs> he said that he that dwelleth in the what? Secret place. Mm, secret place. That's the place that even the devil can't even find. We. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide huh, under the shadow, which is the protection of the Almighty God. That's fine and entering into that rest. That's where we enter into the secret place where the devil can't find you and cause you to wreak havoc in your life. Because after all, who do you think your biggest devil is? Do you think Satan is your biggest enemy or are you your biggest enemy? I think it's our own silly selves. That's our biggest enemy. I think so. We like to blame Satan. But maybe we ought to look in the mirror when we're blaming Satan. Maybe we'll see, really, who that Satan is. It's us. But we always like to blame it on something else. We always like that. Sometimes we got to blame, put the blame where the real blame belongs. Because Satan can't do nothing to us if we don't let him in. And if we get into the secret place, then he can't get in. But that's not an easy job. That's not an easy job. Let's go back to um, Hebrews. Psalm 91. Let's go back to, let me see where I'm at here. Hebrews 4 at the ninth verse. Now watch this. Are you there? Verse 9 says, there remaineth therefore a rest mm, to the people of God. That's hope, y'all. How many of y'all here get tired? 
You get 65 years old, you'll get a little tired. Won't you, minister? Won't you, brother? Yeah. Now, some of us might not know we're tired, but we're tired. Oh, yeah. By the time you get through this journey, you will be tired. Verse 10 says, For he that entered into his own rest, watch this, he also has ceased that his rest is God's rest there. Let me, let, let me make that clear. He that entereth into God's rest. Put that scripture up there, young man. For he that is entered into God's rest, he also has ceased from his, who's, his own work. That means there's God's work as God did from here. You see, there's God's rest, there's God, and then there's you trying to enter into your own. See, see, you, you, you can make a, what we call a, a fake rest for yourself. You know, you can work it and you can work it and you can work it. And then at the, God, what do you do, Vernon? He'll blow on you. Didn't you teach that? What is that, Haggai? You, you, you sow much, but you reap little. You know? You earn money. Oh, my God. You earn wages and put them in a bag that got a hole in it. Yeah, I am, Lord. Bet you, bet, bet you there too. Mm-hmm. See, I can be honest. I don't care. I'm just gonna tell it like it is. Cause see, that's how me and him stay connected. He likes me not because of who I am, but or what I do, but because of who I am in him. You see, cause I'm honest with him. Yeah, I screw man. I mean, I could have been a lot better, but you could have too. Well, could have been. Better parents, better everything. Yeah. We all could have. We all could have been better in this thing. But we were. Well, God says that it's accepted that which you have over that which you don't have. You see, a little of you in God's hand is a lot. Amen? Try to two fishes and five loaves if you don't believe that. Just a little bit. A little bit of you turned over to God is a lot in his hand. And he will accept you for what you have and not what you don't have. See, because he's not looking at your faults. He's looking at your love for him on the interior of yourself. Amen? Now, here we go. We're talking about rest. Noah built the ark, didn't he? I'm going to teach you now. Might preach a little bit, but I'm going to teach you mostly. Noah is the one that built the ark. Did you not know, we're going spiritual, that the ark is your soul? And it is the rest, that spirit of rest, that builds your soul. Amen? All right. Noah, eight souls went in, right? When you enter in to rest in your soul, guess what happened? Eight is the number of the new beginning. You take on a new beginning in life. Amen? It's preaching spiritual to you now. You got to catch it. Now, Noah had a blueprint. See, rest, the spirit of rest, has a blueprint from God to build your soul. Amen? Guess what it is? Most of you holding it in your hand. 
called the Bible. Ain't that where you found the schematics, the blueprint when, that Noah got from God? He said, now you build this thing, good life, I tell you, right? Well, that's that word is. That's the blueprint. That's the schematic. And we got to build it just like God said, or it won't work. It won't work. So, people, we got a lot of work to do. Now, watch this. I want to cease from his work. Another scripture here somewhere I need to give you before I <clears throat> go any further. All right, verse 11. Hebrews 4, verse 11. Remember when I told y'all that word do means to work? Amen? Did you y'all remember that? All right. I'm going to prove it to you right now with the word. Verse 11. Hebrews 4, verse 11. Do you have a minister? All right, watch this. Let us do what? That sounds like work. Right? Labor for what? To enter into what? Didn't I tell you into that rest? God's rest. Not any rest, but God's rest. He says that there has to be some labor involved, right? Notice that he said, we do enter into his rest. Mm-hmm. Notice that he said that. Well, that's exactly what he means. Let us labor. Let us labor. Let us labor. Amen? Therefore, to enter into his rest. How many of y'all ready for, to do some work within yourselves? Or are you just satisfied with where you are? You see, when you want to get better in life, you'll feel guilty. Listen to me, church. Forget about the food. It's all right. And we got protection, so don't worry about it. Ain't nobody going to run up in here. They'll get a bad awakening. So don't worry about it. Be at ease. You got to be ready to do some work. Or you will be satisfied with what content. We're right where you are. And if that's the case, you're going to be most miserable, but you won't care. You won't know. You won't. You, you, you just won't realize it. But when you care, when you're trying to work on bettering yourself in the Lord and you fall short, don't you feel guilty, minister? Don't it make you feel bad? But you know what? Guilt is a good thing. Guilt simply means, I need y'all to start looking at guilt differently. See, a lot of y'all think guilt is bad. Guilt is a mechanism that God has placed in us to help us. When you feel guilty about something, that means that you care. If you didn't feel guilty about it, you wouldn't care. So guilt is a good thing, but you can't get swallowed up in it. You got to be careful because it's a delicate balance there between being overwhelmed by guilt and allowing guilt to push you into your next level. Amen. So here's, here's Noah. The spirit of rest for your soul. And he builds this ark. And he goes in it with eight souls, a new beginning. Amen? 
But watch what else he goes in there with. Don't you watch this now. All them different animals and all them different birds, right? Didn't they go in there with him too? Hmm? They went in there with him too. Now, some of them birds was dangerous, wasn't they? I mean, some of them animals were dangerous, weren't they? Some of them were unclean, weren't they? See, them animals represent your emotions, your attributes. It, it represents all of that. Them birds represent, some fowls represent your thoughts. They fly. Understand what I'm saying here? See, all that's still up in there. With your new beginning, inside that spirit of rest, all of that goes in there with it. And it has to be dealt with. Amen? So, if it's not dealt with, what'll happen is, is that some of them things overtake you. And sometimes they do. Amen? But see, Noah had that thing where everything was in proportion. Even though it's in there, there are some animals in here, some emotions, some attributes that we can let out. Because they ain't going to hurt us, right? But there's now some animals inside of us that we got to keep locked up too, right? Oh, they <laughs> what did you say, sis? <laughs> did you hear uh, your mama? <laughs> uh, but am I talking right? See, there's some things in you. That you don't went in there with trying to get into that place of rest, trying to build that soul that's in rest with God. But there's some, still some things in there that we got to keep locked up because once they get out, they, they take over. So you can't let certain dogs out. You got to keep them locked up. Amen? Amen? We have to do this. So Noah building the ark, how many of y'all know that spiritual knowledge is the highest knowledge you can get? How many of y'all know that? That's why I deal in spiritual knowledge. Because God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I don't care what other knowledge you know. Don't none of it talk spiritual knowledge. Not genealogies, not history, not none of that. That don't talk God because God is a spirit. And this stuff that's coming into me is coming from up top, and it floods. It floods sometimes. It floods my mind sometimes, and I say, I'll get back off of this, God. Let me, let me digest this, you know. Because, see, when it comes down, it comes down like oil coming out of the ground. It, it, it hasn't been broken down yet, and I have to break it down, find a way for y'all to use it in your car as well as me. Amen? You can't put crude oil in your car. It'll destroy you. Your car don't understand it. Don't understand it, people. It's got to be broken down where you can get the same effect of spirituality but understand it because getting it and not understanding it is not going to do you any good. Amen? So this soul, this Bible is all about building the spiritual man. Did you hear me? It's a secret Jesus said he's given us the keys to the mysteries of the kingdom. Do you know what a mystery is? That means everybody don't have it. It's a secret. Somebody say it's a secret. And if you don't have the keys to open it, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit to show you which key to use, you ain't got nothing going on but a bunch of knowledge. 
But when that spiritual knowledge hits you, you can't help but do something for God. And the biggest thing you can do for God is build that ark in the rest for your soul. Amen? This is what Noah had to do. It had not rained because God wasn't blessing nothing. Noah didn't even know what rain was. You know? All he saw was a wicked world. That's all he saw. He didn't know nothing about no, the world being blessed. The world didn't look blessed to him. That's why he, got, he didn't know what rain was, but he got to build in that ark. Oh, boy. But check this out. Then I'm quitting for the day. Part two, probably next week. It's going to get deeper. It's going to get a whole lot deeper. I'm just priming you up right now. Trying to get your head ready. Now listen, <laughs> I want that what God doing. He's he trying to prime them up to get them ready. Because you're going to see a whole different light on what that Bible is saying spiritually when you pull the cover off it about how to, to build this thing in us, you see. And, and, and when you have this spiritual knowledge, do you not know that you catch hell more than regular people do? Don't you, Minister Adams? You heard him. He got it. He got it. It's a different level. It is what it is. It's not given to you by man. It's given to you by God. It's not something that you can teach. It's like leadership. You can't teach. You can teach leadership, but you can't teach a person how to be a leader. It's got to be in them. Or you'll still have to hold their hand. You're just being honest. So what we have to do is we have to take and allow God to build that. To build that. Minister Tom what you said to seven in college, biblical college, to learn more about God. Let's give that man a hand clap. <laughs> Seventy-seven years old, and he comes back and he shares to me what he's learned, and it teaches me. And the biggest and the greatest thing that Tom has ever said to me, and he said a lot of things. He said, "You know something about a hole? Hole ain't that deep." All you got to do is change your thought and you can get right on out of it. The hole ain't that deep, but we make the hole deeper. You see? He sort of like my granddad. He just shoot that short stuff to you. Like, son, if you make a mistake, the only thing you can do, you can't make up for it. Just try not to do it again. And he gone about his business. He say, well, if you can save a nipple, save it. And he gone that's my granddad. You know, he he said them little short things, but they had so much weight to them. They were snippets of wisdom. See, sometimes a whole lot of noise don't add up. It's just sometimes you just give it to them in short versions. You know. So Noah builds it. He gets in. Now watch this. 
Then come the flood. Boy, don't them floods in life come. Ooh-wee. And if you are not inside that soul that's resting in God, guess what? That flood is going to carry you away. How many have left the church because of the flood of life? Because when they heard the word, they didn't mix it with faith. They came here looking for entertainment. We don't entertain. You want entertainment? Go to the movie. Go to the club. We get the word of God up in here because you know why? Our souls are stake. Truly, our souls are stake. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I pray to God I'm not one of them. Got this plane in the air called House of Destiny International Airways. And I'm praying that we can land this thing on heaven's airstrip. Amen? Amen. Give God some praise up in there.